Hi, this is Barack Lurie, and this is the Barack Lurie Podcast. Thanks so much for listening. With me is Ari David, my producer and good friend. Always a pleasure. Um, you know, we have uh, a lot of fun stuff to talk about in the news. We talked about John Kerry. He's the uh, Secretary of State that keeps on giving. Um, lately, there was this Carl uh, Rove comment about Hillary Clinton. Have you heard about this? Well, just like Donald Sterling, just like... Some other guys, just like Marco Rubio yesterday, he said something that if you parse it using news bites, you can turn it into something worse than it was. Of course. Here's, here's what the deal is with uh, the Karl Rove. Karl Rove essentially said that he believed that um, Hillary Clinton had suffered some sort of brain damage, right? Or, yeah, I think... Well, what he said was she suffered some injury requiring a 30-day hospital stay and is wearing glasses that indicate she might have something wrong with her injury. He did not say the words brain damage. Right. So it's manipulated, right? Um, Here's the point. Karl Rove could very well be right. Right? I mean, do we all have to play along? You know, to to what extent do we all have to play along? Let's let's assume for the sake of discussion that... um, that there is, there was something wrong with her. That, that that she did indeed suffer some sort of brain injury. Let's say a minor stroke of some kind. God forbid. Would would hate to have that happen. But she had a minor stroke at the time. Would you, first of all, you would agree with me that we, as the public, uh, are kind of entitled to know, especially if she's going to run for president. She's certainly uh, a public figure. So it's, from a TMZ point of view, there's no issue, right? Uh, you're allowed to, any public figure is fair game to talk about. But you and I are not in the, the game of gossiping. I don't care about this celebrity or that celebrity getting into a fight in an elevator. That, that doesn't float our boat, right? However, if somebody has a stroke or has dementia, let's say, and wants to run for president, you and I are very interested in that topic. Correct? Correct. Yes. Okay. Um, so it's it's fair to ask the question, well, she was gone for 30 days. She came out of it wearing those sunglasses. Perhaps that is an indication of some sort of mental issue, injury to the brain. Um, Now, to get all up in arms about that um, is a little bit bizarre. Okay. But certainly it's a relevant question to ask. Okay. Let's say she had nothing like that. Let's say something else completely explained the sunglasses. Wouldn't she have said, no, sir, what happened was I had a blinding light in my eye and that's the reason I went to the hospital in the first place and they had to repair my cornea. That's why I was wearing my sunglasses. Okay? Mystery solved. But no. She didn't say anything like that. She just spent all her time getting insulted. Now, if you really didn't have some sort of mental shock to your brain or some, some sort of injury to your brain and it was something completely else, then that's what you say. You don't just defend it and say this is outrageous commentary. What was it, ma'am? What was it? You're the patient. You can tell us. I'm sure the doctors told you. We're entitled to know. So maybe Carl Rove was right. And asking the question, what's wrong with that? And by the way, uh, you know, to the extent that, you know, you want to be insulted and in saying, look, look, she's, she's mentally ill or something like that. And take those phrases and manipulate that for your own benefit. Uh, you know, 
you know, the, the, the Democrats, the liberals do this about the conservatives all the time. They are constantly insulting the conservatives. I mean, what they did to Sarah Palin, uh, I, I, do I need to say anything more than that? Uh, what they did with George Bush, what they did with Ronald Reagan. I mean, that the things that they uh, said about his so-called stupidity and, and that he's suffering from Alzheimer's and all the terrible things that they wanted to say, um, that was okay because, you know, that's all in good fun, I guess. But when it comes to Hillary Clinton, well, that's a very serious problem we're talking about here. So anyway, it, obviously the hypocrisy runs very deep. It's a, it's a, a strange, uh, strange pattern that we're seeing here, but I'm not surprised either. But Hillary, if you, in fact, had no issue whatsoever with your brain, then why would you even... Why would you even, uh, uh, you know, be insulted at this point? The, the reality is that if you, it was something else, then tell us what it was. Like I just said, if it was, a, if it was an eye cornea issue uh, because you had a scratch in your eye, okay, well, then just say so. And then you can make Karl Rove look like a fool. But no, no, you're just, all you do is get insulted. All right. Here's another thing to be insulted about, apparently, because the left never stops being insulted. You know, um, recently there was a case decision um, called um, Town of Greece versus Galloway in uh, just a very recent case. And uh, this is a case where the United States Supreme Court decided that it was okay to have these uh, meeting, these uh, invocations, uh, Christian invocations if they wanted, before a town meeting or town hall meeting. And uh, I, I like that result. I think it brings in God into the equation. Uh, but, but no, uh, there's an article from the uh, Daily Journal, which, uh, you know, it's a, it's a legal newspaper, but they have a lot of common interest stories as well. And this one is an editorial from Erwin Chemerinsky. He's, uh, he's a law professor at uh, UC Irvine. Um, and he's arguing how this really would make people feel like outsiders in their own town, don't you know? If they're Jewish or Muslim or they're not Christian for some other reason, well, by golly, it's going to be insulting to them. And they're going to feel like they are not insiders. They don't belong to the town. Only if they're Christian can they belong to the town. You know, I used to believe this crap before. I used to really get into that. So I know how these people think. Um, I was all excited, for example, in 1989 when the Supreme Court or the Ninth Circuit decided that uh, the cross on Mount Soledad in San Diego should come down because it was a violation of the First Amendment. A violation, you understand. And I was all excited about it. And I think the reason why I was excited about it as an atheist back then was this notion that I was going to be bringing down religion. That was what was exciting to me. Not that I needed to be part of the system and, and that people needed to include me and incorporate me. That sounds nice, but in reality, what I was really excited about was the bringing down of religion. Okay? It, it, not in a Saul Alinsky way. I, I really believed, listen, you want to believe in your, your crazy God, go ahead, do that in your own privacy of your own home, but don't, don't force it on me, mister. I don't need to see uh, all your crosses. I don't need to see your crucifixes. I don't need to see a Star of David's and all that stuff. Um, you know, I just want to see a secular world. That's it. And um, I realize now that it was just a, an anti-establishment impulse on my part. It was very, um, it's very juvenile. 
and it doesn't appreciate uh, how we got to where we are today. And um, if you ask yourself that question, you will realize that it was thanks to Christianity, I would, I would say religion and Christianity in particular, that we got to the greatness of America as it is today. That's how we got here. And uh, to, to, to acknowledge that means to also ask yourself, um, why is that so? The, the connection is very strong. So why would you now want to cut out Christianity altogether? Isn't that like saying, you know, I, I, I believe in parents, and parents are a good thing for children, um, but now that I'm an adult, I don't think there should be any more parents. I mean, it, it's really the same thing, isn't it? It, it's almost a perfect analogy because the continuation of Christianity and Judaism, but, but faith in the government, faith in America, not, not faith in the concept of America, but rather that, that the presence of faith in America is so healthy for the continuance of America. Why wouldn't you want that? And that wasn't the turning point for me, but it was uh, one of the things, a realization, an epiphany for me that allowed me to see the nonsense of this argument. And so now I see, you know, Frankly, an idiot like Erwin Chemerinsky, I'm sure he means well. I'm sure he thinks he's so bright. But in fact, it's extremely childish, the way he's thinking. At least I grew up, right? I was 24 or so when I realized, 25, when I realized the nonsense that I was believing. But he's, you know, he's, he's older than I am. He must be 60 plus. And I, to him, I asked the question, for real? You, you really... Uh, you really believe this nonsense? You, you never stopped once to think, maybe there is a benefit to this Christianity business. Maybe we owe some thanks to Christianity. <laughs> maybe it might be a good idea. Maybe there's something nice about an invocation. It, maybe it brings a solemnity to the, to the cause. Huh? How about that? But they don't, they don't think about that. So this is, um, this is Chemerinsky for you. Uh, and his title is Outsiders to Their Own Government. And the nonsense that people still believe, um, you should reject it wholeheartedly, folks, of course. Can I make a point about this? That's yeah. something that just came to mind. Of course. Uh, what's so interesting to me is the left constantly um, wants to eviscerate uh, religion in all spheres of yeah. public life. It does. And find... That's their agenda. That's a progressive. Well, it's not fine. It's, it's their agenda. No, no, I'm just saying, fine, that's them. I'm yeah. settled to realize that that's who they are. Right. But I just realized something very interesting. Of all the areas of public life in which faith can exist, it's actually most important it exists in government, within bureaucracies, within elected officials for this very nature. People who get elected or have positions of power within bureaucracies have so much power if they are not people of faith who understands there's more to life than just them, oh, I see. I see. if they don't, don't believe in a higher power themselves, it's a, a terrible inclination human beings have of thinking of themselves as gods. Well, have yeah, it. no, we, I, I understand that fully, and I agree with you. I think it would, it would definitely, look, it would help not only the private citizen, but also the public uh, government employee to appreciate the role of God in lives, and, and that all that surrounds them is nothing compared to the power of God, right? I agree with you, but that's never going to happen, Ari. It's, it's just never going to happen. Um, the best we can hope for is that we maintain our own ability to in, invoke God in public meetings wherever we can. I mean, so if it's a small town meeting, sure, that's a public 
gathering, of course. Um, but, you know, the federales should not be uh, encroaching upon the, one, the small areas where we do have God involved. I mean, I, I understand what you're saying. I'd like to take the fight to them, right? I'd like not only to defend our ability to um, read an invocation to bring a, a reverend, rabbi, a priest to a, uh, to a public town meeting. And for that matter, I don't care if it's just a reverend or just a priest. Or even a street corner. Or, or, you know, yeah. There was those issues about that. Agreed. Yeah, let, let's, let's move on. I, I don't care about that. Uh, I'll defend that to the, to the cows come home, so to speak. Uh, what you're saying, and, and you know, I, I think what your dream is, is that not only we defend that, but we also take the fight over to the federal level and to the state level, to the federal level, and so on. Uh, you know, that would be nice. That would be nice. If, but you can't really force people to have an invocation, right? I mean, that's the last thing you can do. Uh, what they're trying to do is to say you can't, meaning C-A-N apostrophe T, cannot have an invocation. That's, that's the difference, right? One is trying to, you know, in, in your mind, forcing people to have an invocation, which clearly is unconstitutional. But for them to tell us that we cannot have a public prayer, hmm, they, they, they think it's not, an un, not a constitutional issue. They think they can do that. Yeah, and I'm not saying they should be forced to, but I'm just saying it would be nice if people realize the importance of high-level people in government. Of course, it would be faith. nice. It would be nice, but it's not going to happen. All right, so we, we have uh, – this kind of drills down a little bit to the next topic, which is my favorite expression uh, from Abraham Lincoln, at least, which is you can fool some of the people some of the time, all of the people some of the time, but not all of the people all of the time, right? And so it begs the question, when are circumstances where you basically say, you know what? I think I believe situation X because by golly, it's been around for so long. So I'm going to say a couple of examples and then I'm going to undermine my own argument. Here are the couple of examples. We've had the Bible in operation for, uh, if, you, if you start from the, um, the, uh, the original Testament, the, the Hebrew Bible, you're talking about 3,500 years ago. And adapted over time, but basically, as we see it, 3,500 years ago. That's a long time to be free, uh, fooling people, right? Is it fair to say that that's pretty outrageous uh, to believe that you can fool people for 3,500 years? And mind you, everyone believed it. I mean, with very few exceptions, until about 150 years ago. That's when you had a lot more atheism involved and such. But good for most of those 3,500 years, almost everybody... In the Western world, accepted God and, and, and in some cases Jesus as, uh, as the ultimate authority. And it, it, God was as present in their lives as your mother and father. It was just as real to them. You couldn't see God in the same way, but God was definitely a force in their lives. And, and it was very real. It wasn't even a question of faith. Um, so you would have to fool people for quite a while for that. Now, Here's another example. Chinese medicine. Wow, Barack, that's really quite a different thing. It's not really different. Chinese medicine has been around for about 5,000 years with acupuncture as well, but, but I'm talking about herbal medicine, Chinese medicine. 
And I got to tell you, if they are quacks doing it, boy, they're doing a great job of quacking, aren't they? 5,000 years you can fool people into thinking that they're going to be healed when, when you haven't been healing them at all. Um, I got to tell you, I'm very impressed with Chinese medicine, if they can fool people for 5,000 years. No, more likely than not, Chinese medicine is probably onto something. They probably have figured certain patterns and certain medicines that have worked with certain ailments. Um, and that coupled with acupuncture, they probably know what they're doing. Do I, can, I, can I say that I know anything about acupuncture or Chinese medicine? Absolutely not. But I will take them seriously. If I, if I go to a Chinese doctor, and, it's a, and he's an herbalist, a Chinese doctor, and he tells me the reason why I'm having constant headaches, I don't have constant headaches, but I'm giving an example. Uh, you know, what I need is I'm missing a certain kind of root, maybe ginger, for example. And you take that at least twice a day, uh, twice a week. You know what? I'm going to take it twice a week. And I think it'll actually probably work. And if it does, you better believe I'm going to believe in Chinese medicine, right? Now, does that mean that just because something has been around for a long time, we must believe it? Of course not. I mean, when it, a good, and here's the undermining I was just going to give. Aristotle believed that gravity um, required that um, heavier objects fall faster than lighter objects, right? And that seems to make a lot of sense. And uh, for approximately a thousand years, people accepted that Aristotelian notion of physics. Uh, the problem with it was that it was absolutely wrong. <laughs> and not only that, but it was so easily demonstrably wrong <laughs> that all you have to do is drop something that's heavy and drop something that's very light at the same time. And, of course, you know, account for wind resistance, so don't make it a piece of paper. Or a feather. Or a feather, right? Something that will float on the air. No, something that is, a let's say, a small round ball and a very large A golf ball. ball and a bowling ball. Good example. Yeah. Okay, yeah, you're not going to have much resistance from a, with a golf ball. So it's a good example, perfect example. And you drop them at the same time guess what? They're going to land exactly the same time. So it was so easily provable. And one guy, I forget who did it, what he did is he, he made it a very fanciful moment and he actually leaned from the leaning side of the Tower of Pisa, Pisa right? yeah. to, to demonstrate exactly this point. And people were so shocked, like, whoa, for a thousand years we believed completely the opposite. right? So there's an example of, of people believing this thing for a thousand years. That's the exception. That kind of stuff. Uh, the, the point is that if something has been around for thousands of years and that's the way things have been done, you know, you got to pay respect. I'm not saying that it's right. I mean, after all, you can also say sacrifices have been around for thousands of years. It doesn't make it right. Slavery has been around for thousands of years. It doesn't make it right. Uh, misogyny has been around for thousands. It doesn't make it right. You get the idea. But I'm not talking about that. I'm not talking about things that were already been fought. Things had, had been, people had been fighting slavery. They'd been fighting uh, inequality toward women. They'd been fighting racism. You're not talking about things that were demonstrably wrong that people were making excuses for justifying. Right. I think you're That's right. It's so. exactly right. Uh, I'm talking about basic laws of physics, medicine, and, and for that matter, God. No, nobody was, you know, do, performing belief in God as some sort of criminal act. Nobody, nobody argued against God as some sort of violation of the human spirit, right? So putting away all those violations of the human spirit sort of thing, 
the, the, the basic principle of belief in God, Chinese medicine, and many other things. You got to respect that. So when somebody talks to me about global warming, okay, you know, my first instinct is, I say, give it a hundred years or so. Let's see how long this theory will last. For example, the theory of relativity of Einstein, okay? Uh, he basically developed it in, what, the 20s, the 1920s? So it's a little younger than 100 years. 90 years. Yeah, it's about 80 or 100. Yeah. Uh, and, and it looks like it's got staying power, okay? But my guess is that unless somebody can knock it down uh, in the next couple of decades, it's going to be accepted as the law of relativity, right? Um, and so on with other scientific facts and such like that. So... Let's be as scientific about this as we can when it comes to global warming. Climate change is what they call it now, or I guess climate, climate disruption. Dis disruption, that's right. Yeah. Uh, that's, I talked about that on my Sunday show. That's the newest phrase. I guess it sounds more impactful when you say disruption. Maybe that's the reason why. Because change, you know, who cares whether it's changing? Is it, is it wrong? <laughs> yeah, change can become nice. Yeah. Disruption. Though. Disruption. Like you, you yeah. get this image like you're, you're you know, just sitting quietly on the beach and whoom! <laughs> A tsunami comes your way. That's a disruption of your vacation, right? So, wearing a name tag that says, "Hi, I'm global warming." That's right. Boom. <laughs> so, but global warming. Now, I think it's you know my first instinct is to say scientifically, all right, you want to believe that global global warming is the real deal. That's fine, but it's a very young theory. Let's see where it takes us. Okay. And if it's around for 100 years after the fact, I might, I might be more inclined to think that there's something to it, that it may have some legs. But even then, I, I still have my, my doubts because you still haven't shown me any proof of correlations and otherwise. That's where I stand on this. And I, I'm fascinated by this. You can't fool all the people all the time. And I wish I had asked myself that as a young man. How did, how did people, how do these governments manage to fool all these people all this time? How do they... How do they do so? And it was all an opiate of the people. We talked about this in a previous podcast, where if, that, if it were truly an opiate of the people, if you were truly to, trying to develop a religion simply to control people, then why would you have all these universities that the Catholic Church created? I think your bottom line on it is if you were trying to create an opiate for the people within a religion to control them, you would do just about everything in the exact opposite way That's right. in the Judeo-Christian traditions. Done right, and I was going to go there, but, but I think your summary is very nice. And, and, it's, and we talked about how the specifics of the Bible would never be there. You, you would Setting would, people free? What was, what's that? Yeah, I mean, what, why care about honoring your mother and father? Shouldn't you be honoring your government? Where does it say, you know, by the way, here's this leader. I want you to bow to him and give him as many women as he wants. And as many as, as and all your wealth, fifty percent of whatever you make goes to this Moses guy. He's he's the guy. Okay. Yeah, idol worship you, would be the first commandment. Thou must worship yeah. idols. A new idol will be told to you as the commissar of the local. It's much easier, much easier. Instead, you yes. give freedom to these people, and and you know this is this is leftward thinking, right? The religion is the opening of the masses, but they never, but they never stop to think that the religion, at least the Judeo Christian method of, of believing in God. Is, is exactly the opposite. It, it, it demands accountability and responsibility. And, and the, the last thing they want is, is being opiated or being drugged, right? Yeah. That's the last thing. So I, I'm, I'm just fascinated about this thing where we're fooling people all the time. That's my main mission today. And 
if I could, if I could establish one thing with, with liberals, it would be to ask them, have you thought this through? How long has this been around? And have you thought about the, the possibilities that, that you're wrong? Which one is it? And that, likewise with gay marriage, right? I mean, it's been... And uh, this traditional marriage business has been around for thousands of years. Thousands. And it's always been one man and one woman and such. And look, we may be completely off our rocker. Maybe this gay marriage business is, is totally fine. But let's appreciate the fact that this has been around for thousands, thousands of years. One man, one woman, and that's the way it worked. And nobody, contrary to the slavery argument, contrary to the misogyny situation that we talked about before, nobody was clamoring for two men or two women to get married to each other, okay? It was never considered a violation of human rights of any kind. Now it is, fine. But it's still, that's a very young claim. If you're talking really about the past 10 years at most. So we need to really think about whether there's wisdom in upending the entire traditional marriage situation. Again, the wisdom from that phrase that you can fool some of the people all of the time, all of the people some of the time, but never, never all of the people all of the time. If you understand that, then you probably understand wisdom. Because things don't change that much. Not as much as you'd like to think. Anyway, folks, this is Barack Lurie. And this is the Barack Lurie Podcast. Thanks so much for listening. We'll talk to you again soon.